0: If you join me in Numbers chapter 18, next Sunday, Brother Mike is going to be talking about the widow's mind, chapter 21 of the book of Luke. And I said, isn't that interesting? Because in chapter 18, beginning with verse 24, but the tithes of the children of Israel, and through the rest of that chapter, deals with this. So we're going to bring our second message in 35 years on this subject. <laughs> and it's just because that's where we are. Now, I don't, we're going to find out, I, I don't care what you believe about it. Some people want to tie it, that's their business. I don't care. But I do find this, and I'll bring that out next Sunday. The Lord loveth a cheerful giver and not a legalistic giver. All right, enough said. And then if you would, The Lord willing, the Sunday after that, we're going to start chapter 19, which has to do with the red heifer and how it was used. And so if you would like, read ahead. Read the chapter 19 in preparation for two weeks from now. Now I can say that because the Lord gave me some extra time in Denver. (laughs) I had a big long table. I had my fire that was given to me. I had paper. I even got paper from the desk downstairs. I had run out of my paper in my notebooks and so i just sat down and then i got to visit with some dear folks that were living in there and so the lord gave me a lot of peace about not getting home and so it just worked out for god's in his providence so i learned a lot about god's providence and that verse i sent out that the the lot is cast into the lap but the what happens is of the lord Well, this morning, we're going to be looking here in the book of Numbers, chapter 18. And I want to read verses 20 through 24. Numbers, chapter 18, beginning with verse 20. Now, this is a real issue today. I grew up with this issue. I was taught this issue that's brought up here, except I was not taught the truth about what is brought up here. This, even so long ago, and I really appreciated those words that we, got, we get to sit in on what happened hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago because it's written down in our Bible. We get to listen to the conversations that were taking place as God gave these words to different prophets and gave these words to Moses and uh, to hear what conversation took place in the council halls of eternity between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wonderful news went on for us and on our behalf. And that lesson that the Lord taught there to those people there in Luke chapter 20, we got to sit down today with him in the temple. That whole chapters, he in the temple and teaching in the temple, and, and we get to overhear it. And the Holy Spirit reveals the truths that are contained in that message. So here, so long ago, these words were written, but they're just as alive today as they were then. And they declare Christ. I love what the Lord Jesus Christ said about Moses. Moses wrote of me. And these words, as we see the sacrifices that took place, we hear the Apostle Paul's words. We preach Christ and him crucified. That's what all of those things typified. The Passover typified Christ and him (laughs) crucified. And then we get to the New Testament and we see him crucified on our behalf. Well, here in the book of Numbers chapter 18 and verse 20, and the Lord spake unto Aaron. Now, most of the time we find the Lord speaking unto Moses, and Moses passes on this message. Well, I thought it was interesting just to say this, as it's brought out here in our in our scriptures, the Lord spake unto Aaron. Now, he's going to speak unto Aaron something very, very important. And some people, I'm sure, that were descendants of Aaron said, You know, this is all wrong. This is all wrong. It shouldn't be this way. We should get what everybody else gets. (laughs) Let's listen as we read. Thou shall have no inheritance. Oh, no. All that land has already been promised, and Aaron gets the message from the Lord. And as Mike brought out this morning again, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Jehovah spoke to Aaron and said, Thou shalt have no inheritance. Now notice the next word, in their land. Neither shalt thou have any part among them. And before we get too discouraged, read the rest of the verse. For it says, I am thy part and thine inheritance among the children of Israel. What a statement God shares with Aaron here that even there, there's going to be so much of that property, property spread out among the children of Israel, Aaron, you and your sons, And your family will not inherit any of it, and this is the reason for it. Now when we get over there, we find that there were certain cities that were set aside for these people to live in, but they didn't have property like the rest of the people. And the reason is, right here in the book of Numbers, chapter 18 and verse 20, the Lord shared with Aaron, I am, who said I here? Jehovah. I am thy part and thine inheritance among the children of Israel. And then let's read verses 21, 22, and 23. And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance, for their service which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. So there's going to be some tenths brought in, some tithes brought in, and that's their part for the service they do. Neither must the children of Israel henceforth come nigh the tabernacle of the congregation, lest they bear sin and die. Now, it hasn't been too long ago. We've seen a couple of incidences where the Lord had to take care of some problems that the children of Israel had, those ten spies. And then we read about Korah. And now we're just a reminder here, folks, the warning is out. Don't come near the tabernacle lest you die. And then it tells us in verse 23, but the Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation and they shall bear their iniquity and it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations that among the children of Israel, they have no inheritance. Now this this, uh, thought is in this declaration is mentioned a number of times. So if you would join me, in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 18. Now, when I was in church, I was taught that the more you serve God, the more rewards you're going to get. And you know, when the Lord saved me, I found out that is all bunk. And we're going to see that the church has everything in Christ Jesus. (laughs) there should be no squabbling over some little insignificant particulars of it when we have every, all blessings in Christ Jesus. So let's go over here to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 18, and we find here that the Lord, once again, shares with uh, uh, Aaron and and the Levites, uh, chapter 18 of the book of Deuteronomy, and there in verse 1 and 2, the scripture says, The priests. The Levites and all the tribe of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance of Israel. They shall eat the offerings of the Lord made by fire and his inheritance. Therefore shall they have no inheritance among their brethren. The Lord is their inheritance as he hath said unto them. What a statement is made here about what the children of Levi get as a picture, as the priests And kings and priests of the Lord Jesus Christ that are brought out in the book of Revelation, you're all, every believer is a king and priest of the Lord Jesus Christ. And look what inheritance we have. We have Christ. If Abraham had just given a thought about it, he may not. If the Lord had not changed his mind about what was important, if the Lord had not brought him out of Ur of the Chaldees, if, as Stephen said in the book of Luke there, or excuse me, the book of Acts, the Lord of glory appeared unto him, if the Lord of glory had not appeared unto Abram down in Ur of the Chaldees, he would not have been looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. He would not be looking for spiritual things. He would not have understood that the inheritance that he had was far greater than anybody else the world could ever give. All that a king could pass on to his family doesn't hold a candle to what the church has in Christ Jesus. Again, in the book of Joshua, as the children of Israel arrive there, it's going to take them from the point we are to the point here in the book of Joshua or uh, to, to the book of Joshua, it's going to be about 38 years of wandering. I recently read a book. I got to read four books while I was going to. Books I had stacked over here say someday I want to read these. Well, I read three of them going and one of them coming home. One of the authors that I was reading about has a real trouble about the Red Sea. And he's trying to explain all of that and how tide and wind... You know, if you don't know God, you don't believe God. And you don't believe what God had to say about what happened over there. You try to rationalize it and try to bring it out and try to scientifically. You know, the Lord is the God of science. But he does things oftentimes greatly against what we recognize as science. He took his own wind and blew back the Red Sea As I've mentioned a number of times, I had a a teacher down in that Bible school I attended for a semester. He said, it's a greater miracle than I thought. They keep saying that the Red Sea was only five inches deep and he drowned the whole Egyptian army in it. That's a greater miracle than it says recorded in the Bible. Well, this God does his things as he sees fit because he's the sovereign over things. Now, here in the book of Joshua, chapter 13, we have this mentioned As Joshua has they've been in there, they only lost a few men in all the time that they went into every battle, and that was at Ai. That's the only record of any of Israel being lost. The only graves, the only mourning, the rest of it is they went into battle, but the battle was the Lord's, and the battle defeated all their enemies for them, and they went in and inherited the land that God had promised them. In Joshua 13... Joshua chapter thirteen, verse fourteen, we read these words. It says, Only unto the tribe of Levi he gave none inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord God of Israel made by fire are their inheritance as he said unto them. And Moses gave unto the tribe of Oh, verse thirty three. Drop down to verse thirty three. And unto the tribe of Levi, Moses gave not any inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance, as he said unto them. And this message goes on, chapter 14. Would you join me over the next chapter, verse 3. For Moses had given the inheritance of two tribes and a half-tribe on the other side of Jordan, but again... But unto the Levites he gave none inheritance among them. So we have constantly been reminded that the Levites are not going to have any inheritance in that land. And yet the Lord continues to remind them that I am your inheritance. I am your great gift that has been given to you. And if we read, would you join me again in the book of Joshua to chapter 18. Joshua chapter 18 and verse 7. As the message continues to go on, as they settle the land, continues to be brought up, even as those smart, young Levites would come and say, Where's mine? Where's mine? Where's mine? God continued to remind them, You don't have any but me. Well, you know, to many people, that's not quite enough. To many people, it's not enough just to have Christ. To many people, they want more. They want to be able to say, I have a crown. I was visiting with a dear pastor friend of mine who's planning to be here in June, (laughs) Brother Wayne. And I said, you told me something recently that I I just need for a message. And uh, so I wrote him a text, and then he called me up, and he said, yes, I was visiting with someone. And this person told me that if there was nothing like rewards, then why would I serve God anyway? And his eyes got about this big around. He says, well, I serve the Lord because I love him. I serve the Lord because he redeemed me. I serve the Lord because he died for me. I serve the Lord because he loves me. And this person, again, stated, if there was no rewards, then I wouldn't serve God. Well, that really reveals a lot about what the person believes to begin with. Doesn't believe in the Lord. So here we go in the book of Joshua chapter 18. And there in verse 7, it says, But the Levites have no part among you, for the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance, and Gad and Reuben and half the tribe of Manasseh had received their inheritance beyond the Jordan on the east, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave to them. Now, two and a half tribes inher- asked, for, <laughs> asked for an inheritance on the other side. It was well watered. It was grazing pl- a land. And Moses reminded them, why should you sit here and let your brethren go to war? So they said, we'll go in and fight. But if we can have this, well, Turn with me to the Psalms. Turn with me to the Psalms, if you would, in Psalm 16, as we think about it closer to ourselves. Okay, that's okay for the Levites. Okay, that's okay for Aaron. Now, he didn't get in the land to begin with. He died before he got there, but his son went in, and his Children went in, and his grandchildren and his great grandchildren and so forth went in, and yet, till the very end, they did not inherit the land. They had a few cities given to them, and the reason for it is the Lord said, I am your reward. I am your reward. Now, that's just a picture to us of what we get in Christ, and everyone that was ever saved in the Old Testament got the same inheritance. And we'll look at that in just a moment. Our brother Abraham was instructed on that more perfectly. Here in the book of Psalm 16, Psalm 16, the scriptures share this. Psalm 16 and verse 5, the word of the Lord says, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. And of my cup that maintaineth my lot. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance. And we find that, again, the Lord is the church's portion. The Lord is the church's portion. You know, in reality, we don't want the world as our portion. Because if the world is our portion, then we do not have Christ as our portion. If our savings is here, and I'm talking about spiritual savings, is here and not in heaven, we don't have savings in heaven. So turn with me back to the book of Genesis, where this all starts way before the law was given, way before all of these things take place, before they came in to begin their Exodus, before they came in. Uh, to Kadesh Barnea, before the ten spies came back with a and report, and before Korah raised up that great rebellion against Moses and Aaron and against God, we find that this one man is shared with us about the great gifts of God in Genesis chapter 15. Here his name is Abram. It's not going to be very long. His name is going to be Abraham. And you know, as we've heard read in the New Testament, how often those people of Israel wanted to trace their line back to Abraham. They want, we be of Abraham's children. We have this inheritance. Well, look here in the book of Genesis chapter 15, and there in verse 1, after these things, the word of Jehovah, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, fear not, Abram, Now notice this, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now when we hear that from the Lord, it makes everything else pale, fall away. When we are given the word of God Almighty to our heart, that he is our exceeding great reward. Now, it's not earned. It's given. This reward is given to us. It's not by payment. It's not by our merit. It's by the merit of Almighty God. Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. We turn over there. If he'd have thought about these things, he would have not been looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. You know, when the church has everything, and I mean everything spiritual, God has withheld nothing to us. Now, we may not understand all that he's given us. We may not comprehend all that he's given us. But his promise is to us that I've given you everything. I have given you life. I have raised you from the dead. I've given you righteousness. I've given you hope. I've given you peace. I've given every spiritual blessing to you. Now, we have trouble comprehending that all the time in this flesh that we live in, but we can go to the bank and say, he has given me everything. Why would we quibble about some rewards or crowns or a position? You remember what? There were two of those disciples. Mama got involved. (laughs) Oh, Lord, give me a favor. When you sit down, would you let one son sit on one side of you and one son sit on the other side of you? You know, the Lord knew what she was going to say before she said it. The Lord had purposed for her to say what she said before she said it. Had purposed it before the foundation of the world that he might instruct on these things. So if you would read with me in the book of Ephesians, this wonderful book of Ephesians, In Ephesians chapter 1, we have this glorious statement said that should take away all quibbling among the church, that should take away all interest in those things that are so prevalent in the worldly church. Do this and you'll earn a reward. Well, since Christ has done his part and he gives, what do we read here in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3? What do we read here? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Everything that we could, we can't even imagine it, but everything has been provided. What God demands, He provides. And He has demanded that we bow and worship Him, the Lord of glory, and He provides that to us to worship him, and as a result, we get everything that Christ has, and that is every spiritual blessing. We can hear the Lord speak unto Levi way back there in the book of of, uh, uh, Numbers, and hear him say, you will not inherit anything in this land, but I am thy great reward. I'm thy inheritance. Blessed with all spiritual blessings. And in that same chapter, in verse 11, it says, chapter 1 of of Ephesians, verse 11, it says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. He has given us an inheritance. Now, this inheritance is far... (laughs) it, It surpasses anything that we can imagine. I have not been able to read the verses about heaven and comprehend them that I like I would like to because I have a hindrance. I have the flesh. I have the promise. You know what God told Abraham? God told Abraham, you're going to have a son and you're, he's going to be the seed to the Messiah. And you know what? God gave him belief and Abraham believed God And it was counted unto him for righteousness. God gave him the belief that this is God's purpose. And it counted unto him for righteousness. He believed what was the impossible. He believed that he as a hundred years old and his wife at 90 years old could raise up seed. And yet he believed. And Sarah believes, it tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, that everything that we have has been given. Now, We are caused to see our state in these matters. If you turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Many years ago, when my my, uh, printer was down, I asked Brother Mike to copy this and print it for me, and it's hanging in my study, so I can look up and see this and be reminded of this verse of Scripture here in the book of First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7 to be reminded of this. O oh Lord, help us from getting haughty. Help us from getting proud. Help us from looking at things from a wrong perspective. Help us to look to you. And it tells us right here, for who maketh thee to differ from another? I think some of you know, maybe most of you know, that That brother I went to visit passed away while I was gone. And when I heard the news, I said, you know, even if we are going to get to visit in heaven like we do here, I'll never see him again. He had a little profession of faith, Before I was born, he made a little profession of faith. I never saw him in church one time growing up. He acted a little religious once in a while. But he passed away, and I'm sure that, well, God doeth all things well. I trust him with the matter. Who made me to differ? Certainly not me. Left to myself, I'd be in the same situation he is depending on a little profession of faith and a baptism and the rest of the stuff that we all depend on and earning rewards. (laughs) Being faithful to God because I want rewards. Well, here it says, Who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? What do you have you didn't get? Someone gave it to you. Someone gave it to you. As he goes on to say, Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? Now that's the, that's the state we're in. Lord, if we have anything, you gave it to me, because I don't have the intelligence of getting anything left to myself. As a lost man, as a person without Christ, we're dead in trespasses and sin, and we have nothing. We have absolutely nothing. The man that said... Uh, you know, I'm going to tear down my barns and build more and fill them up that night. His soul was required of him, and he lift up his eyes in hell being in torment, and the man that had faith in Jesus Christ was carried by to Abraham's bosom to heaven. Well, it tells us here it's not us, it's him. Look at with me to the, in the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, as we look at this verse of scripture, we find that the, uh, the sum and substance that is spoken of by the Lord to Levi, or Aaron, over there in the book of Numbers chapter 18, as he came and spoken to him, and he says, I, you know, I'm not even sorry about this, but you don't have any inheritance in the land. I am thy inheritance. Now, To some people, that's just not enough. I'm sure that there were some people in that group of Levites who said, that's not enough, I want something. Well, those who had something already given to them by the Lord, that was enough to know that we have Him and He is our inheritance, and in Him we have every spiritual blessing supplied. Well, in the book of Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23, the Word of God says this, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall re- receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. What is the inheritance? The reward of the inheritance. Same thing he said to Abraham way back in the book of Genesis. I am am thy exceeding great reward every attribute is yours every purpose is yours every mercy is yours every drop of blood is yours every bit of the love of god is yours Every bit of hope is yours. Every bit of sanctification is yours. Every bit of preservation is yours. Everything belongs to you. I have given it to you because that is me. I am your exceeding great reward. Don't look for anything else because that's a bad sign. (laughs) And whatsoever you do, do it heartily. Verse 24 of that passage, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. Before the foundation of the world, he had purpose to give an inheritance. And all God the Father had to do is look over here to the Son and see the inheritance. Every quality of this my Son is yours. Every bit of his righteousness is yours. So we come away unscathed in 1st Peter brother Lauren read this but I want to read it again in 1st Peter there in chapter 1 verses I just I'll read verses 3, 4 and 5 here We talk about the inheritance it does away with rewards and even in the the book of Revelation all those crowns are going to be cast out at his feet anyway anything that we have and isn't it interesting that any work that we do to serve the Lord out of love follows us? It is not our presentation before the Lord. Their work shall follow them. Who's the most important? Him. If he has given us the grace to serve him in any capacity, they will follow us. They will not be the presentation terms. And here... In the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What? The resurrection is yours. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is yours. All of it. From the dead to an inheritance. Now, this is just speaking about our Lord incorruptible, undefiled, and fadeth not away. I had a man tell me the other day how much he'd lost in his 401k just recently. That, you know, we put some money in there hoping for the best, but it fluctuates so much. I didn't, when I was first... In religion, I didn't even know, know what $30,000 was. And then Nancy and I, 10 or 15 years ago, lost $30,000 in a day. <laughs> in a 401. But this, how glorious is this, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. All the keeping of God is yours. Every spiritual blessing is yours. It belongs to you. God has written it out. It's an inheritance. He is our exceeding great inheritance. He is our exceeding great reward. And he goes on to say here, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You know, all of this is summed up in what, as we read, in the book of Jeremiah as the everlasting covenant. And we read in the New New Testament about what is in the New Testament is really the everlasting covenant held up. We know it is new because the Lord came down and spoke about it. But really, he's speaking about that everlasting covenant. And before we close, would you turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31? Jeremiah, chapter 31. Here in the book of Jeremiah, so long ago, we get to intercept in this message about the covenant of grace that God had before the foundation of the world. It is no wonder he came down to that priest and said, I am your inheritance. The rest of the people get some ground. But I'm your inheritance. You'll not get any ground. But I'm your inheritance. And here in the book of Jeremiah chapter 31... We read this and it's quoted twice in the book of Hebrews alone. The sum and substance of what we read right here. And the sum and substance of this is what we read there in the book of Numbers, chapter 18 and verse 20. I am your reward. I am your inheritance. You will not get what your brothers get. Well, in that case, I'll take you. Jeremiah 31, verse 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now, there was a reason for that. It tells us in the book of Hebrews that it was weak through the flesh. What does that mean? We couldn't keep it. That old covenant is weak through the flesh. Paul calls it the weak and beggarly elements. (laughs) The law of God. Now, he kept it perfectly. His righteousness is imputed to us. He kept it perfectly, but we cannot keep it. He says, and I'm going to have to make another covenant. Now, this covenant was not made on the fly. This covenant was not made as a reaction. This covenant was the covenant, the eternal covenant, the blood-bought covenant, the covenant of blood made before the foundation of the world. And it's revealed here. He gave those Israelites the old covenant. They could not keep it, and therefore he has this to say, Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. That's what we've been reading in the book of Numbers. Which my covenant they break, although I was a husband, husband unto them, saith the Lord. I cared for them in every capacity, and yet they could not be faithful to me. And in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 10, the reason is given. The Lord said, I never gave you a heart to understand. All right, let's read on. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. Now, there's two Israels here. There's the old covenant Israel, and there's the new covenant Israel. And the new covenant Israel has been around since Abel, uh, around since Adam and Eve. The new covenant is the covenant of grace. The new covenant is the covenant made between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and it's irrevocable, and it cannot be defiled. Now, this covenant was made between God, the heavenly God, and natural man, and they could not covenant, keep it, so therefore, he said, it is null and void. I don't have to keep it any longer. I am not full He kept it with them for how many years and they continued to not be able to keep it. So he said, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will, what? I will put my law. In their inward parts. What's that mean? He's going to regenerate his people. He's going to give them the spirit of grace. He's going to give them Christ Almighty. He's going to have all that Christ had promised to do on their behalf, given to them. They couldn't keep it. They couldn't keep the law in their natural state. So I must give them regeneration. And then I will put the law in their inward parts, in their heart. They will love me. What's he going on to say here? I will put the law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. Now, one preacher I heard say this about this passage of scripture. He said, this is what that means. He said, to God's people, when they hear the word of God and a passage that they've never been brought to their attention and and the Holy Spirit reveals it to them, they says, that's right. That is what that means. And they'll never say, I don't believe that. Now, the parts that we don't understand, we will never say, I don't believe it. But the parts that we do understand, we have to realize they were revealed to us. And we say, that is right. That's what agrees with everything else. It's all of grace. I'll put it in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And will be their God and they shall be my people. What a glorious. And what did he tell Aaron? I'll be your inheritance. Don't worry about the property over here. Now, he'll give us lands and cattle and all that stuff just for our sojourning here. But this is not our home. We're pilgrims passing through. And what we have is spiritual blessings, and they're in Christ. And then it goes on to tell us in verse 34, And they shall teach no more his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. You know, who who teaches that to us? that that leper that was sitting blind Bartimaeus, sitting by outside of the city of Jericho, came to the Lord alone. why because he knew he could do something for him. he didn't go to some preacher, he didn't go to some priest, he didn't go to some buddy to raise his hand or write his name down or have him come forward or come to an altar. He came to Christ. And that's where God brings his people. As it says right here, they shall teach no man more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. That's what happens in regeneration. They shall know me. They shall know I am God, and beside me there is none else. They will not trust in anything else. This is all my salvation, and this is all my hope, and this is all my inheritance. Now, it does not stop us from serving the Lord. It causes us to serve the Lord. We delight in it. It's not law. It's love. It goes on to tell us in, there, in that same verse, From the least of them to the greatest of them, saith the Lord, and what is the conclusion I will forgive their iniquity and will remember their sin no more. And the church just stood up and said, Amen. I'll take that. Reveal to the church to take that. I will remember your sin no more. I will forgive their iniquity and will remember their sin no more. All the sin is put away. And we hear... Jehovah, speak to Aaron. Aaron, you will not inherit a thing in their land. I am thy exceeding great reward. And I believe Aaron said, Amen. All the king priests of the Lord do, the church does. Amen. No more works. No more quibbling over rewards. No more quibbling over this or that. Jesus is my exceeding great reward. Amen. Brother Mike.